0: Welcome to the Marquette Memory Box Wednesday podcast. On Wednesday, we talk to Marquette artists, authors, and surprise guests about life during the 2020 pandemic. If you would like to join us in the Marquette Memory Box, send us a message and we'll get right back to you. These episodes are brought to you by the City of Marquette Arts and Culture Center, Peter White Public Library, and the Marquette Poets Circle. Now let's open the memory box. Today Jim Edwards joins us in the memory box. Mr. Jim, as he's known at the Upper Peninsula Children's Museum, shares his experiences in theater and the arts. He tells us about what he misses and about the challenges of creating programs for a hands-on museum during a pandemic. We learn about labyrinths and snakes. And finally, we discuss the It's All About Love project. Go to www.upchildrensmuseum.org to find out about this and all the other wonderful projects for children of all ages. i was driving home uh last week thinking the thing i miss is rehearsal the trying things out when they don't work and figuring out what to do better and how to make it have a hit and have an impact um so when a play is not doing well you figure out how to make it do well so i was a theater director um, in high schools and um, i was fortunate enough to be in schools that had theaters not gymnasiums, that were turned into theatres. Um, and so I could say theatre director. And uh <laughs> did that for a dozen years um, and did wonderful things and enjoyed them, touring to Germany, to Cornwall, to Wales, um, with groups of adolescents to the Lake District in North England, um, just having great fun. Um, seeing, like in as you like it, you go away to the forest to find out who you are, you go away to the forest to transform and come back. So kids went into plays and toured, but even the ones that didn't tour, you know, they rehearsed and in rehearsal, they could bounce off each other and themselves and play a part. And I think that's where learning takes place. So I don't think it stops when you're 18. My first role here in the museum was to volunteer in four places. One of which was the museum. Sorry, my first place in Marquette. Uh, And, uh, I was the stage manager and production manager for Gail LaJoy, a clown, who were, worked on the creative performance workshop. And so I got the kids involved, signed them up, took their money, um, built sets, got props, did the lights, we put shows on at Kaufman, Um And I did a sleepover last year, and the dad there looked at me and said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, well, did you have a beard <laughs> when, when you were 10? And he was in one of those workshops and dragged his best friend, who was in the workshop too, as the other parent who would look after the kids for the sleepover. And it's really, we don't understand how important it is, the work we do with children who don't think it's art. They think they're doing something because mum made them sign up. Um, and Marquette has changed now. Now there is large expectation for song and dance uh, for audience that isn't a, an if you know, there will now be an audience, you better be good. Uh, it's a different uh, dynamic when we, we're performing this play, we hope there'll be an audience for it. Um, so we did the creative performance workshop for three years, I think, for, Um I was throwing out T-shirts last week, and there was one signed by all the kids uh, for me up in the booth doing lights. When, you know, I would get the call because they realized that I got a theater background that um, Dawn Dot. Missed out on a technician, and so I could do all the slides and lights. That Kaufman is well, a craver daft things like that. Um, being out in the left field and literally a labyrinth in the field, just down the hill from um, uh, the university red brick building. What's that called? Um, you know, the sixth floor of Cahodas. Um, so out on the field down there between there and uh, what was then um burger place uh, we made a labyrinth and there were dancers and there was the women's drumming group and divided the families into white and red and we would not only walk the labyrinth but I was Merlin's father Taliesin and we had the dragons fight the white dragon against the red dragon and so an hour of trudging the grass and Pretending to be in a play and snarling at each other, um, but then finding a calm in the middle of a labyrinth to some drumming. Is it art? Was it community? Um, would there be an audience? No. Uh, so strange things like that. Uh, 1999. Mary Wright got the Governor's Award for Community Activist in the Arts, and I drove her down to Lansing. So no, to um, Henry Ford and Deerton to get her award, uh, because she couldn't drive across the bridge. She so had to bury her head between her knees under a hoodie as I drove across the bridge to get her down there and ironed her, her suit before she went to the dinner and got this wonderful award. Um, she had put 150 tree stump, uh, tree, well, full, full logs, uh, in the lower harbor totem poles. We still have one lying horizontal in our uh, our yard. Um, But families made their own totems. And so they represented Finnish culture because it tied in with FinFest. They represented all the other cultures that came into Marquette. So was it art? Was it community? The fire department told me about it on the Thursday night. I planted the first tree. It was the Edwards tree. And then 149 others came in. Planted with an auger. City got involved. Put them in. Uh, the colonnade the walking on a Thursday night with a thousand people around the lower harbour looking at trees that had been carved, painted uh, became just this one moment uh, Mary went on to do other things like FinFest chairs um, plow shares in front of um, townships um, white t-shirts on uh, linen uh, washing lines around communities and schools with their grandparents' pictures uh, printed on the uh, pillow slips, tea towels. So that sort of community art and uh, making things really make a difference and change uh, was good. But it was funny that it was the fire department that wanted to tell me all about it because they were down there because suddenly there was a crowd and the police more less said, you know, we we need people down there. And But what they saw was so wonderful that they wanted to tell people about it. So Mary was a big movement for about five, six years of different activities. Um, And again, Lake Superior Arts Association would praise her and thank her. Uh, The uh, people like um, Barb Kelly with the um, the, um, Arts Appreciation and the Beautification Committee of the City of Marquette. Um, part of which is Petunia Pandemonium, which has just happened, did we know? <laughs> so Friday, Friday, they were all setting it up, and normally Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, they would have school children down there in the week, and then Saturday would be things like Ghost Scout Pack that I used to play with, uh, would come in and help and finish things off. So that sort of community art, um, would come and go, and so it should, it doesn't need to last forever. It's not like we should do something every four years that was being done 800 years ago like in Austria. Um, We don't have that. We've got different things. Um, How weird would it be that the Oasis Gallery that had a storefront on Washington Street would just announce that Wednesday because the city was having some Wednesdays where people could play outdoors on, on, you know, 3rd Street, that sort of thing. We know that. But it must be 20 years ago now, (laughs) 20 years ago, a dance company performed in the gallery and the curtain was the glass of the storefront. So the audience was standing outside on the sidewalk, looking in through the window, uh, having a glass of wine, watching the dance. And then after the dance was over, we could go in and look on the stage and see the gallery that it was and talk to the dancers so I think my my thing is um, not to miss out on the things that we would normally not think about. Um, I'm not an artist. I've never thought of myself as an artist. Uh, I've directed things, like at St. Paul's. Um, Murder in the Cathedral. But I press music to play from the front pew, and I've still got the wooden sticks in the garage. Uh, Ask Marcia Franz. Um, Kevin was there that we would, we, we read the play. For 13 years, I did, I hosted play readings at Peter White Public Library upstairs in the Shire's Playroom. Oh, you're kidding. So imagine the, the then director, we had Twelfth Night, and I had 24 people there. It was the biggest night. 24 people reading Twelfth Night on Twelfth Night. Oh, and uh great. we had Punch, and <gasps> But on this night, uh, Pam came in and we had the second punch. Punch had to have a little something in it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, the 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 lady that runs um the news for public radio, uh Nicole. Nicole Walter played um, Viola. And Olivia was Marcia France. Uh, and the director of the theatre at NMU became Sir Toby Belch. Um, I had blissfully nothing to do. It was great. Um, But we set that up and uh, saw a full play reading. I had eight people there from a book reading club who didn't want to speak. They just sat in three rows of chairs and watched. It was an audience. But to run that for for 13 years till it fizzled and the library felt that they, you know, didn't want to commit a room. Um, But we would have our tea and coffee and biscuits and read our plays and we go we had a second second reading a month at some at one point because somebody said we ought to read more Shakespeare. Um so was it art? Was there an audience? Not really. But uh the folks who are on the edge, they're not in a big audience that's flowing forward with you know lots of support. Uh there's an awful lot of art in Marquette um that's worthy. And I think um Market Monthly is the spine to that? Because even if you don't see it, you can read about it and know that Marquette thrives. Uh, we have a dance company, Tamama. Um, I used to like teaching dance, and this body should never move in action while somebody else is watching. But um, <laughs> I, I went. They did a very strong piece, August three years ago, uh, where there was a a ballet piece first with a lady that teaches ballet, with some ballet students. And I was on stage as the walking actor of the art gallery, and as I showed people the piece, the piece came alive and they danced. Simple idea. But after that, they did a a 24-minute dance to some modern music. None of it was balletic. All of it was strong. And I met the lady whilst we were putting out uh, fairy gardens in the Pocket Park about a month later down by the Irish pub. And so we were putting out, uh, with a Russian lady who was running that project, I was just helping, uh, putting out fairy gardens that kids had made, and Tamama, one of the dancers, um, her husband worked at the university then, uh, came and said, oh, what did you think? And she was so surprised that I would start mentioning choreographers, like Christopher North from Ballet Rombert, um, and obvious ones uh, from the United States. And um, again, I don't think we understand the strength of the community that comes here. I always think obituaries should have them pictures as 21-year-olds, no matter how old you are when you die, because there is such a wealth of art in people who just walk the sidewalk um, that we we can, whether it's movement or color or film, um, and just today in the scene newspaper, four graduates of Northern working for Pixar uh, with the film called Forward that came out in March, but nobody's seen it. Um, who knew? Uh, but the the amount of music, the amount of uh, fledgling groups that meet and bounce against each other and come up with a better group, especially where rock's concerned, you know, and good music. Um, but there's an awful lot of great stuff. Um. (laughs) So yeah, I love the dance. I love theater. Um, Russ Thorburn didn't know I could act uh, until I was there at an audition and he got some undergraduates lined up for being James Joyce in his happy birthday, James Joyce. So that CD has me as James Joyce now and it's been played at Taos, and it's been played on NMU, and you can listen to 22 minutes of Happy Birthday, James Joyce, with me as with as fake an Irish accent as you can imagine. Um, but because I was the one that stepped in when the last of the auditioners didn't show up. He said, well, you read that part. We want to audition for this Englishman, um, an English role there from a, another character. And So I had to fake this Irish thing, and he looked at me and said, I didn't know you could act, uh, so I could act. What it was was I could do an accent and cough and splutter when I needed to at the same time. Um, so being old has its advantages. Um, so we we recorded that, and uh, a wonderful group put it together. Um, but then to be Bob, uh, sorry, to be Dylan Thomas for Russ, um, in his piece about splitting the marriage, being such a fausty, fighting pair with Thomas and his wife, um, but then to be invited to go to Negaunee Middle School as Thomas. So I walked in the building as Dylan Thomas, walked upstairs to the library, where a lovely group of sixth graders were waiting to show me their poems. So I'm adopting a Welsh accent now, and I'm reading poems from sixth graders with them standing next to me. And then I say, well, would you like one of mine? And so they knew some of my poems as Dylan. So I would read a Dylan Thomas poem as Dylan. And they thought that was fun. Well, in came the cookies, uh, biscuits, and tea at the back of the library. And the teacher that Russ was working for had uh, advertised it as Tea with Dylan Thomas. It was the parents. So I'm sitting at the back, reading poems, having tea with the parents of the sixth graders. Was it art? Was there an audience? Yeah, a little bit. Um, So... But that sort of thing isn't on the list of people's art, um, and we will, if we're not careful, only go to the moneyed version, and that would be my my shame, my surprise. And I I love the idea that uh, Stanislavski, that you know, there's art in everyone. That you have to love you have to love art in yourself, not yourself in art, which took me two years to figure out until I met some actresses and actors from London. Who really did like themselves in art you know, it's having your name on the on the marquee um, but the idea that any child can bounce and can paint their feet and bounce now with painted feet and love the picture they make on the paper on the floor whereas the parents and the teachers are concerned about how we wash their feet whereas we know it tickles when you wash your feet sitting on the museum counter with your feet in the sink and it, it's all okay Was it art? No. Um, Was it the beginning of art? I set out paints and things for early on classes through a grant. So when an early on class would come to the museum, I've got paper, paint, brushes, tables, smocks, everything. And the teachers said, we're not doing that. And I said, why not? They said, we're not good at art. So I said, well, here's a place called the museum where you can mess this up like crazy and nobody cares there's no audience until we decide to show it but at the moment it's helping children understand that you can screw up and it's just fine and that there's no reason to be scared of crayons and there's no reason to be scared of of the wetness of you know know, yellow paint smells different from all the other colors and and it bothers some people (laughs) um but I was happy to do the washing, but we never did that painting project because we were not good at it. And as long as we say that, we won't be. We'll never be. Um, having said that, I used to sing with five different groups on five different nights. Uh, loved choir, choral, stage, funny stage, strong stage, opera. Um, but would love to sing that. Came to Marquette and uh, Jan said, which church should we go to? I said, well, it's two things about that. It's one with a cross and red in one of the four segments. Try to find that church. The other one is I'm sitting at the back. Because all my life I had been the guy saying, This is what you do. And so I wanted to be a customer. And so I um Jamie Randall's elder daughter had a saxophone and she was showing me what she could do for a recital before our Christmas Eve service she was being so timid and I sang like a saxophone and just went really loud and the place stopped and several people turned around and said I didn't know you could do that and it was like Russ Thorburn saying I didn't know you could act and so I suppose I've been in retirement since I arrived here but um I've always wanted to encourage folks around me that they can do what they dreamt of Especially children. That's that's the art. Yes, that's the art. So you can pretend, and we pretense is a thing. It's a thing that we frown on. Um, people ask why are the curtains closed on the walkway by the side of the theatre in the school. I say, well, I want these kids to to practice till it you know gets a little painful. I want them to fail gloriously. Was the phrase. But is there an audience? Not yet. But yeah, their audience is their peers. Um, So good fun, lots of role play, uh, lots of singing, uh, lots of stuff on sidewalks, (laughs) Um, but never anything successful. So I want you now to tell me about your life during this uh, stay at home museum closed period and how that differed from the amazing things that you did before? Well, um, we began pioneering 27 years ago at the Children's Museum with things like Gail Joy, And we had design programs to design exhibits nobody had had before. And in all that time, we had a you design know, Designosaurus, groups of kids with adults making things nobody had ever thought up, um, city things, things that shouldn't have worked, things that did work. Um, Sliding someone down a toilet slide to prove that there were places where paint and oil that shit was low was the idea of Gabe and Aaron, who were nine-year-olds then. One of them's still with us, but he lives in Montana. Um, and we said, we can't build that. And it's, it's silly. You can't flush people down a toilet. Hmm. We, built, we built it because we came back to committee meetings saying, it's all we're talking about. And I've just been working with a group in Iron Mountain who want to build exhibits, and they're building exhibits this big. <laughs> and children, on a source we did in Iron County, back in the fall, wanted things you could jump off, off and land on and splurge and shout and hear shouting uh, through P- uh, sound effects and things. And the answer was, it's too frightening. It's, it's You've got liability to consider. Um, so wh- how can you have a tree And children be on a nest. Say, well, they can't jump out the tree. Uh, Designing it well means there won't be any problems. But the adults there were like the adults at the beginning in Marquette, where it was, um, this is too fraught with possibilities of danger. And so I evolved two phrases. We've never not been delighted. We've never not been surprised. Kids will tell us things we might not want to hear. And in the end, they are really good. And in the end, we can work with it. And in the end, it's much better than the idea we had on a napkin in a restaurant. Um, So that used to be what we're like. And I think what's going to happen now is we could be like that again. We could have um, openings and fun. Um, I've been in this afternoon and someone's spray painting over the cafe to make pink a much more dominant color than it was before, uh, rather than gray. that we've extended the sandpit and we've got a new body exhibit that should come into being soon. And we should be doing it with the same fun and uh, largesse that we had way back in 1997 when we first opened. Um, But I worry about that because really my job in one of your last questions, what's it going to be like after COVID-19 or during the non-lockdown of COVID-19, chapter three, is that I will be wearing a a full front mask and I will have a spray bottle and a walking stick and my job will be to keep people safe and one view is you tell them with a loud voice because you're not next to them to stay away from each other which seems to me to be contradictory to everything that we should be doing but on the other hand I could be in role in costume as a Friendly figure, giving people ideas about where they could play separately. <laughs> so so a Geppetto, well, a Geppetto, very much. And and you said you said marionettes yesterday, and or was it you? Yes, it was me. It was <laughs> and I, I said I, I have a, a tin can, four foot tall marionette called Sir Can-a-Lot. I suspect I could rename him, you know something to do with C's and COVID and clean. and I don't know. I haven't thought of it yet. But I'm in the middle of writing a little three-page piece about how staff will behave to keep children safe, knowing that the words we use have to be accountable to all the adults who are listening to us too. So it can't be, hey, you two kids, split up. It has to be a lot more thoughtful than that. Um, So... Again, it puts me back in that that mold of how do we open? Shall we flush people down the toilet? Um, Is that possible? (laughs) What do you mean we're going to have snakes? Uh, We took in a new snake over the last two months. Uh, He's not a very happy snake. It's a hognose albino. Um, And uh, it likes latching on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeding it again tomorrow. We'll see if we can make it kind ever-loving repetition um, and see if we can give it a new world. <clears throat> but um the last 10 weeks has been um, a practiced retirement. So I've been going in three days a week non-stop without fail. Um, I've been cleaning out bird cages and feeding them. Uh, I've got doves and pigeons. I've been uh, working on the things that people want to bring into the museum uh, whether we want them or not, and things that we can improve on, whether we like it or not, um, so that the new world can happen. Because in June, two weeks from now, I'll be hosting parties. But I must be on the third floor, and they can play on the second floor. They leave, I lock up, we clean. Then in July, we move to having people book in advance for two-hour tickets. And then they will be in the company of other people they don't know and then I won't be on the third floor, we'll be down on the second floor with that advice to people to stay safe. Um, but how we can do it is a children's museum where the governor's task force last Thursday said, no hands-on activities. But that's all we've got. We don't have things to look at through glass tanks. We don't have things to admire, you know, up on a pedestal. Um, we built this whole thing on Children being the cooks, being the airplane pilots, um, being the puppeteers, being the uh, sliding down the toilet <laughs> into this big time um, so we've got to puzzle that out over the next six weeks. then by September, what will it look like? I don't know fifty people at a time buying tickets in advance. we've never sold tickets online. We're about to do that for uh five weeks' time. So it will be a different world. And like we were talking about the Zoom meetings I've attended today before we started, I'm an old fart. (laughs) and It's difficult to not be an angry old fart when you let people know that their excitement isn't going to lead to success and that there is a community that's webbed and connected. And um, shouldn't be forgotten. Because we we will hear from the people who are going to solve all this themselves. Their oneself will solve all this. And uh, they can make calls to groups at the university or at the health department or somewhere that will suddenly solve this until they realize and what we're doing is letting them know that that group at the health department, and that group at the hospital, they were involved 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 25 years ago. I wonder how the surreal or the avant-garde will ever be again, because that's that's what we need to resist uh, to to rest on doing something off to the side is exactly what we need to be doing right now um you know the the sword fight by the pirates on the on the lower harbor as the pirate ship comes in might be the only two people that are allowed to connect that that day, but that makes it fun. But, it, you know, it's not a show with 17 people in it anymore. Plays have to change. Isn't it funny? Um, Shakespeare was on TV uh, this week on PBS. <clears throat> and uh, Taming of the Shrew begins with the actors leaving town because of the plague. Mm-hmm. And they have to find audiences for their shows. Because right. they can't be big collections of people. The government said you can't be together in big audiences. So they have to reinvent themselves. With wagons. (laughs) Four, Four hundred and something years go by and we're there. So we've got to do some thinking. Well, I think of you like an Escher painting. Yeah. Yes, you're creating all these bridges and stairways and connections and finding new routes to keep that flame in every child alive that says, "I can just explore and try and do well," but it's not—it's um, not the same. Yeah. So I was in my thirties when I worked at the museum. <clears throat> I'm, I, although I feel like I'm in my thirties, I know I'm not. And so I know that my effect is very much the way we wrote about it in the seventies. It will be one-on-one. It will be the right words you say to that student, but that's all it is right now. And success is measured in different ways. So every day, every day, yesterday, um, day before Friday, I've met with students either out on a bike trail for a graduation party or their response to me online or their sending the photograph of what they did out in the forest because we've been promoting that this last 10 weeks, that they've been finding themselves, they've been finding new things. And that's glorious. Um, but on my, my hardest moment during the whole lockdown, I realized, you know, the bad thing about me is I was a very right bad teacher because I was the Merlin in the middle of the circle. So me teaching was literally watch me do this. Terrible, terrible method. Um, until I got to be in my 30s. And then more and more to just say, see what you can do. Find out what you can do. <clears throat> and to push young young folks further. So it's very minimal right now. And we've done 10 weeks of me being very happy to go feed the pigeons, change the, get the poop out of the way and change their paper, uh, play with the reptiles, get food from the, gro- the grocery store, do things that people don't want to do just to keep the museum clean. And where I've been today, there's, you know, a box of masks and a box of gloves and a box of spray spray cleaner you know, and the way that we will move forward. Uh, so we just have to be very, very careful about everybody. So before we Let's close, see. I want to ask you about It's All About Love Project because I'll put a link to that on the podcast. So I wondered if you wanted to talk about that at all and what that project's about. Very simply, after 20 years, we wanted to do a a community fundraiser and just say, you know, we needed some help. Like we've got a fundraiser going on this week. Um, And people are very glad to join in. We've never really suffered. Uh, We've planned above, oops, the problems and um, succeeded. But after 20 years, it was, it's all about love. And so we had some, um, organized mural work on the courtyard in the museum entranceway. Uh, and just during this COVID-19, that's been added to with lots of hearts. So then now there, there are hearts surrounding. It's all about love. <clears throat> we got a logo with the, the bunny rabbit, you know, the, uh, the entranceway rabbit, uh, surrounded by hearts for that. Thanks to Jane Milkey at the university. And, uh, we just continue to use that logo. Until now, it's very much that. It's all about love. It isn't about what, what names do you remember of the reptiles or pressurized stuff near the airplane for understanding why clouds move the way they do. It's not about the factual stuff at all right now. It's about the love. It's about people learning how to get back together again. So I'm really happy to keep that added. And uh, Nino is is guiding that now. So that that goes on to everything we publish, um, and I think that becomes our our logo. Whereas before we had you know hands or some other logo, we've gone from logo to logo, but this will be it, I think, for the future. And so that's it's all about love. Our idea was eight weeks ago that people would get out of the house once in a while, perhaps go for a walk down Barrack Avenue, sit on the bench, and have a photo op there with the the heart around. It's all about love. Uh, So I think that's where they will be when they're lining up for their turn to get in for their timed ticket at the end of July. (laughs) A different world. Well, Jim, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience just about your experiences? It's been just delightful talking to you and listening to you today. The Chaucer uh, character and uh, the clerk of Oxenford. Mm-hmm. Gladly would he land there, and gladly did he. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need more discussions about how there's an artist and a poet in every person. Mm-hmm. And and the more we talk about that and share that, and perhaps Renaissance is you know the re- the rebirth. <clears throat> that's my, might be what we're going through. And Renaissance man was a musician who understood the stars, who knew math, um, who who would sing and, and dance. Perhaps that's where we need to be, pleasing praising folks, and just. Stepping back and letting people discover what beauty there is. When they stay safe. Inside them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I certainly heard a lot of beauty inside of you, and thank you so much. This was just a joy. Hope it was. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you.